the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. Super excited to be here. Um, man, I'm, I'm excited to be back and have my voice back. As some of you heard over the holiday, uh, my wife and my son and I were all sick for a week. So we were out and I missed the first, really the first uh, Tuesday teaching in a long time, but I couldn't talk. I had nothing to teach and uh, I could teach you how to lie down on the couch and watch Netflix and have the flu, uh, but you wanted something more. So I'm excited to be back on this special episode uh, today. This is episode 96. Can you believe it? We've been at this for a little while, you and I together. We're doing this. And as we come closer and closer to our 100th episode anniversary, we have a really, really special day plan. So I have a really special plan going in, uh, in effect for our 100th episode. And uh, I want to tell you today about some news for what's coming in the near future and the changes for the podcast coming up as well. So bear with me. If you're brand new to the show, you can either listen in so you know what to expect, or you can fast forward for a few minutes and get to the teaching point. The teaching this week is called Why You Shouldn't Set Goals for the New Year. Why You Should Not Set Goals for the New Year. Now, I'm all about setting goals, but I want to give you basically three traps that people get into when coming to set goals, especially in the New Year's time, and how to avoid them to make sure you do, in fact, get what you want. So we're going to talk about that and more in this episode. So first off, welcome. If you're a brand new listener, man, I'm so glad to have you. Seriously, wherever you're letting me in, uh, if you're experimenting, checking out this show, if you've been recommended by a friend, if you're letting me in in your gym life, uh, in your home life, in your car life, whatever it is, thank you. My name is Matt Browning. Uh, I'm an NLP trainer. I'm a leadership expert and speaker. Uh, I... I do this show syndicated on uh, Chicago radio, as well as, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, everything. So make sure, if you haven't already, you subscribe wherever, whatever platform you want to listen to, subscribe to the show. And when we do new updates and it comes out uh, twice a week, every week, you can, of course, get access to it. So let's move into some big news. So are you ready? I'm so ready. So big news. Uh, two things I want to talk about. Number one is the future of... Uh, our podcasting network. Yes, I am starting a podcasting network. And in the near future, we're going to launch in February and then in March. I'll give you the exact dates when we get closer to it. But we are launching two, count them, two new shows. Two new shows. Now, if you've listened earlier in the last couple of weeks, I've alluded and talked about it, but I want to give you some specific details today. So two new shows. Uh, we are going to continue doing this show, and I'll talk about uh, some of the changes for it. But as I continue this show, this has been really fun to talk about entrepreneurship and interview, get some backstories and some really interesting people. Uh, and then, of course, teaching along the way. I love teaching, and Teaching Tuesdays has gone really uh, near and dear to my heart. So I love being able to bring you know some of the wisdom, whether it's talking about ending procrastination or how not to set goals. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, motivation or uh, overcoming fear, whatever it is, you know, I love getting into that. So I'm going to have a platform and a place to continue doing that. So two new shows. Let's talk about the first one first. The first new show is called the NLP Experience. 
Now, this is especially, of course, for you if you're listening, if you are, uh, if you love the life coach side of me and my business, the NLP neuro linguistic programming. A lot of people listening to the show that subscribe, uh, you're there because you've been to our NLP seminars, things like Accelerate or our NLP Mastery Advanced programs. You've been through uh, maybe the certification courses. And I wanted to do something for you that's a little more, uh, a little more NLP centric and a little more specific into that, that niche and into that genre. So um, this is not for the general public. I'm not going to talk about how to use NLP in your everyday life. What this is, is it's going to be by NLP nerds for NLP nerds. So if you're an existing practitioner, master practitioner, life coach, executive coach, uh, time dynamics, EFT, if you're into all that kind of stuff, um, especially, of course, in the NLP world, if you're into it already, if you're certified, if you've been tracking, if you've been studying this stuff and applying it and using it, this is for you. If you're brand new, also, there's going to be people that have run across NLP and you say, oh, what is this stuff? And I'm really interested. Again, we're going to talk to you, but it's going to be a little bit more geared towards someone who already knows a thing or two about NLP. So there are, to me, I think 101, probably 1,001 resources out there to learn the basics of NLP. We have those as well. You know, I have a, a NLP home study available. We have uh, videos on YouTube. Go check out my YouTube channel, at Matt Browning, and there's a bunch of free videos on NLP techniques and teaching about those. So if you're brand new into it, again, there's a lot of resources, and there's a lot, frankly, there's a lot of podcasts. Um, there's some great NLP podcasts out there that are about different things that are about applying NLP techniques in everyday life. There's podcasts and resources around training and teaching the basics of NLP. What this podcast is for, and what I thought would be a lot of fun, is I'm going to have a co-host. I'll have my head NLP trainer and coach, Mike Bagala, from our company, Evolution Seminars. And Mike is going to come on and co-host with me every single week. So Mike and I are basically going to have a long-form, just NLP nerd discussion about different techniques, about the history of things, uh, about, and we'll talk about how to apply things. You know, we might do an episode where we talk about anxiety, and but we'll do, you know, what NLP techniques to use, um, what would a session look like, and we're just going to have some of that bantering back and forth, because what happens is Mike and I, whenever we get together, um, for a long time, you know, before we do events and trainings, we get together and have lunch, and our lunches would habitually go on for three, four hours, because we would talk about the event, and prepare, but then we would just get into, you know, we're going to talk about philosophy in life and in NLP and in coaching practice and in transformation world. And, uh, you know, and we'll talk about theory. We're going to, you know, throw out some theory because sometimes there's some theories that I can't really teach in class because, you know, we haven't shown it to be true. I haven't used it long enough, but a podcast would be a great place to talk about some, some new theories and just some ideas about you know, what we think would happen and what we want to experiment with and, and, and that sort of thing. So the NLP experience will be a once a week show where Mike and I co-host and nerd out on NLP together. And it's for the new practitioner, the new coach and the veteran. So if you've been around the block with NLP for as long as I have or more, I think you'll get a lot out of it listening to uh, NLP trainers who do this for a living and teach uh, all throughout the year for years, uh, talk about the thing that we do. So that'll be fun. And then what I'll do is I'll also, that'll be probably three weeks out of the four of every month. And then for the fourth week, this won't be exact, but every, every few episodes, I will most likely also have an interview episode. So if I find somebody, if I run across, I'm not going to, that's the thing, I'm not going to do it every single month. It depends. 
But if I run across people, I run across people often uh, in the coaching space that have a really cool technique or a method they've created. They do transformation work or breakthrough work. And if I run into someone that I think really does a great job of that, what we'll do is I'll bring them on and interview them. And I'll talk about not just their method, but I'll talk about how they got into it. We'll do a little bit of interview that way. Uh, but we'll mostly also discuss the the business of it, the practice of it, um, the how to see clients with this, how to really do that work and how they would apply what they do, um, either in conjunction with or uh, alongside NLP. So that's the first one. Really excited about that one. I think that's going to be launching first, probably February. It's called the NLP Experience. So look for more of that. I'll give you the links and everything, of course, as soon as they're ready. And we can all go subscribe and rate and review and, and help me to, to boost and launch it. If you would like to do that, certainly love that. And I think that might be your new favorite show. The second show we're launching, are you ready? Drum roll. Wow, I'm not a great drummer, but the drum roll, please. Okay, that was it. The second show is going to be for speakers, public speaking. This is something that I get asked about a lot, and it's, you know, it's really a huge part of my life. So although a lot of you, you might know me for personal development and, uh, and, and, and the workshops and training and NLP and all that kind of thing, really one of the things that you, pr well, you probably know this too, but behind the scenes, a massive way that I've built my entire business evolution seminars, the way we fill our rooms uh, and, and get people to our, the live weekend workshops that purchase programs that come to our advanced trainings, 95 plus percent of those people have come from me doing live speaking. So I do a lot of, I do both. I do keynote speaking, which is where you either do it for free uh, or you get paid for it. I also do a lot of platform speaking is where I come on, a, a promoter wants me to speak and then sell a package and we split the proceeds. So I do a lot of platform speaking. I do a lot of uh, keynote speaking and, and general public speaking. I, I, I've officiated weddings. I, I've spoken at memorial services. Um, I've done some pretty kick butt toasts at weddings <laughs> that uh, I've been in the wedding parties. So whatever the speaking is you're doing, I've spoken uh, at corporations. Um, I just spoke, if, you probably saw this on, on Facebook. If you haven't already, check it out at, at Matt Browning uh, on Facebook. I have a great video of me speaking at NASDAQ in New York City Times Square. So up at the NASDAQ headquarters. Uh, speaking there. So, you know, whether it's doing a five minute presentation where you just have to nail it because you're in the financial district in, in the United States, or it's a 90 minute presentation or a three day workshop of my own I put on, I've ran the gambit for speaking for the last 12, almost 13 years. And it's really that is what my profession is more almost than, nowadays than coaching is speaking. So I'm doing a show on speaking. And I'm very excited about this because. The title of the podcast is called Speaking of Getting Booked. Yes, it's a little bit of a play on words, but it's called Speaking of Getting Booked. And it's a show designed around teaching you how to get booked as a speaker, how to land more gigs, how to get paying gigs, how to get people to actually pay you, how to get gigs where maybe you speak for free, but they pay for your expenses, and then you can make an offer and bring people into your coaching programs. I'll talk about sponsorship and when and how that works. It's all about getting booked to speak. And this is really exciting for me because, uh, well, let me tell you, let me give you my description. This is what I have so far for iTunes. Ready? Okay. This podcast, speaking of getting booked, this podcast is about one thing, getting booked to speak more. This is for the established and newbie motivational and keynote speakers. I interview meeting planners, 
association chairs, and seminar leaders to find out what makes them book their speakers. Being a veteran speaker myself, I'll also add in some tips and methods to improve any presentation. So there you have it. So this one will be about three out of four episodes a month will be an interview. And maybe, you know, maybe more. I'll see how, how that really goes. I want it to be interview heavy because the idea is I, I'm going to be going around and, and getting meeting planners who I've been, you know, known and connected with over the years. So I'll be interviewing meeting planners. Those are people who work for corporations, associations, companies, and whatnot. And they look to book speakers. They put on the conferences. So whether it's, you know, the Metal Workers of America or it's a tech association or it's the El Pollo Locos Managers uh, Conference that has 1,000, 2,000 people, you know, coming. Um, the people who put these events together are called meeting planners. And meeting planners are always looking for speakers. The problem is a lot of us speakers, we don't know how to find them and what to do and how to, how to position ourselves so that if they did find us, they would want to book us. So I'm going to be grilling meeting planners on what they look for in speakers, how to connect with them, how to reach out cold. If, if you want to reach out to someone uh, cold with an email or phone call, what are they looking for? What makes them reply to an email? Um, what don't they want in a speaker? You know, what are some of the things that people make mistakes on? And ultimately, I want at the end of these interviews that you can come away with a few practical ideas straight from the horse's mouth on what you should and shouldn't do as a speaker to get booked on more platforms and, and really add a bottom line to, uh, to your life and your business. The other area of people outside of just meeting planners will be seminar promoters. So um, I'm going to be meeting with um, all sorts of association chairs. So let's talk about association chairs. So places like the National Speaker Association, uh, eWomen Network, and, and countless other associations and networks. There are a lot of these, what it is, is they're national groups. And I want you to understand, if you are a speaker, this is key. They're national groups that have regional chapters. And regional chapters are one of the best places to speak. Um, very often, you can get your expenses covered. If not, uh, you can still get yourself there. If it's local to you, you know, it's easy. Or, if, you know, say you're in California and you, and you can book to get go speak in Phoenix. It's a South, $100 Southwest flight. You fly out there. You speak for the day. They might have 50 people there. But there are 50 people who have paid to be there. They're active members. And they're really excited about hearing from a speaker. And I find they're very engaging audiences. Uh, and they enroll a lot. You know, if they if you offer, you know, you can sell your book or you offer a program or a strategy session so you can talk about coaching later. They love that stuff and they really tend to respond. So I'll be interviewing chairs and presidents and club presidents and so forth for places like that uh, at the different regional levels. And again, every single interview is going to be a different person. Ultimately, it's somebody who has a platform and promotes and books speakers to speak in front of their audiences. So anyone who is in charge of that, I'm looking to interview them. If you know someone, send them my way. Uh, send, send them my way, uh, email the show, and I would love to get an introduction to them and get them on. And then I, I will also do solo uh, episodes here and there. I'll do a few episodes that are just teaching. You know, I'll teach maybe, you know, um, you're telling your personal story, designing a great keynote talk, um, talking about how to pitch yourself, uh, you know, things like that. So how to design, maybe how to make a great offer from stage, a free offer, a paid offer. So I'll be doing some teaching around that. But the, the heart of speaking of getting booked is interviewing the meeting planners, the association chairs, and the seminar leaders and talking about how to get booked on their stages. So if you're interested in that, I can't see why you wouldn't if you are a speaker. But beyond that, if you are a coach, if you're a practitioner, if you're an author, 
if you're anywhere a consultant, all of you in that space, if you do any of those things, should add public speaker to your resume if you don't already. Because the best way to get yourself out there to get more exposure, you want to sell, you know, 50 more books if you're an author. Well, go speak at one chapter meeting. Boom. You bring a case of books and you'll sell the whole case. So it's not like, you know, the, the old days where, you know, you're going to sell your books on Barnes & Noble. You're going to sell your books by, quote, unquote, going on tour. That's how I launched my book in August when I launched the Firebox Principle. I went on tour and I spoke at stages and events and I put on launch events and I got in front of people and talked about the book and, and gave a presentation. And then at the end, everybody bought the book. So that's the two new shows. That's the big news. So number one is the NLP experience by NLP nerds for NLP nerds. And show number two is speaking of getting booked, all about getting you booked on more stages as a speaker and as a, a business owner. And then let me give you the last piece of news is we're going to be shifting this podcast ever so slightly. Two things are happening on this podcast. One is I am renaming the show. Not a major change, but a little change. Currently, it's the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We are renaming the show. Um, I'm taking away the word purpose, although I love it very much. There are, um, I, I'm looking to get more syndication. We've landed on one radio station, which we're so grateful for. Uh, so many of the episodes are going up uh, and, and are syndicated on 102.3 FM and 1530 AM in Chicago, WCKG. And that's really exciting. But I want to get more syndication. And the current name, there's some trademarking issues that, they're not issues, but I think as it gets bigger and as, we, as I get more of a platform, uh, it could come up as a problem. So just to nip that in the bud long before it's a problem, uh, if it ever is one, uh, we're renaming it. And the name is very simple. It's going to be called The Driven Entrepreneur. We're just dropping the word purpose. It's called The Driven Entrepreneur. And I'm also dropping the word podcast because although this is a podcast and we're always going to talk about it as a podcast, um, it's also it's doubling as a podcast, but also a radio show. I really want you, you're going to see some changes in the future. Uh, about the types of interviews and how I, I go about the interviews. Um, most of the shows, what we've been doing in the past is doing two episodes a week, and I'm doing a short form Teaching Tuesday and then a longer form hour plus or so interview. Well, shifting in the future, what they're going to do is these shows are going to be closer to about 30 minutes each, so give or take 25, 30 minutes, and we'll be doing one episode a week. So because I'm launching the two new shows, you're going to get a lot of me teaching on, uh, I'll teach some on the speaking show, and then I'll teach a lot on the NLP show. So any, if you love that teaching stuff I've been doing, tune into the NLP experience and the, and the uh, uh, speaking of getting booked, that'll be a great spot for it. But the, the driven entrepreneur is going to really transition. I like it to transition into an interview-based uh, show. So it's pretty cool. It, you know, it does a couple of things. It's still, it's all about getting the backstory behind these great entrepreneurs. And you'll see that I get more and more into some of the backstory and what drives them and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, but you'll also see that we're going to get more into, you know, some real tips and tricks and, uh, and ways you know, ways to grow your business, ways to apply this to your life, to your business. This is entrepreneurs doing awesome things. Let me tell you real quick. Um, I think I do. I have the new. I think I have the new. Uh, yeah, I have the new description right here. So let's uh, let's check this out. So here's my new i show i i <laughs> shows iTunes show description. See what you think about this. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and successful entrepreneurs every single week. 
you will get their origin story and motivation that shaped them in life. Plus, we'll pull out plenty of life and business lessons along the way. That's basically what it is. So I'm not going to change how I interview. I'm always going to be interviewing a fun way. I ask questions that I think you'd be curious about and questions that I'm curious about. So I'm going to keep doing that. Um, nothing's off limits to me. Uh, so I'll get into whatever I want to in their backstory. And I'm just going to ask, you know, as we're sitting down as if we're having a cup of coffee, sometimes we are, uh, and I'm going to ask, you know, things I want to know the answers to. And then of course we'll get into probably, you know, what they're doing today and some of the things they teach. So you're going to learn some, some coaching, some entrepreneurial lessons as well. So that's what's happening. So that's going to turn into a weekly show rather than a uh, semi-weekly. We'll be doing uh, every Friday, an episode will drop with an interview. I have some cool interviews in the can right now that I'm waiting to get out to you that I'm really, really excited about um, that have been recorded. And then, man, can I tell you, in the coming season, we have some great interviews scheduled. Uh, we have, yeah, I have some cool stuff. So I have, you know, should I tell you? You know, I'm going to tell you. If you've listened this far, if you're 20 minutes in, uh, you deserve to know. So we have a few cool people. We have like uh, John Leslie Brown is scheduled to, to be interviewed in a couple weeks. That's uh, Les Brown's son and a phenomenal motivational speaker. Um, I have Steven Sudell, who uh, who founded something. He's a chiropractor who founded the Neck Hammock and did a $1.7 million Kickstarter. So we'll talk about how to get that accomplished. Uh, who else do I have? We have Steven uh, Sashin. We have uh, uh, the founder of Zero Shoes is coming on the show. That's going to be a great interview. Uh, they do about five, six million dollars a year in sales, and they were up on shark. They actually turned down the sharks on Shark Tank, so we'll get him on there. I have David Shea, the owner of Active IT Solutions, and my personal climbing partner, one of my best friends, is going to be coming on. So you get to I'm I'm going to let David grill me, and you can find out whatever you want about me. Uh, we have. Craig Womack, who was the uh, the former president of Sharper Image, and we just got you know more and more people are coming along. So I'm really excited. And we got some people in the bag I can't even tell you about yet. Um, but as they do, this is big. So the podcast will continue to be awesome. It will continue to excite. I'll continue to get better and better, and uh, you know, insightful guests, people you want to hear from, and I'll keep doing that. So every Friday you'll have an interview. The interviews will be 25 to 30 minutes, so they're going to be perfect for a podcast for drive time, but also perfect for radio syndication, and uh, that's what we're going to go for in a big time in 2019. So thanks for listening. <laughs> that should be the show. That is uh, that is everything on the update. That was a long update, but thank you for bearing with me. Uh, if this is your first ever episode, please don't uh, rate me based on just an update. This is for the people who have been diehard fans for almost 100 episodes. You want to know what's going on with me and what's going on in the world of this show. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to goals for this month. So my title is Why You Shouldn't Set Goals for the New Year. So here I got, as usual, three things for you about goal setting. The first mistake people make with setting goals and why you shouldn't set goals in the new year. And, you know, this is perfect. This is, you know, coming out on January 7th, January 8th. Yeah, January 8th. So, like, um, a lot of us set goals for the new year. So, the first big reason is you might be anchored to restarting. Okay. And, you know, what that means is when it comes, you know, what happens on New Year's Eve, right? New Year's Day. We're going to set our New Year's what? Right, resolution. You're going to set your New Year's resolution, New Year goal, and this is going to be the new you, and it's finally time to lose weight. It's finally time to go back to the gym. It's finally time to whatever whatever thing we – this is what we're conditioned for, right? Whatever thing we've put off for a, a year and we failed at last year, it's time to change that and do it this year. Listen, I'm all for fresh starts. 
I am all for restarting, getting back into a new pattern. I love that. The problem, though, is if we do it on January 1st, a lot of us are anchored, you know, we're conditioned to the fact that New Year's resolutions don't stick. So it's very much like, you know, you ever, um, you know, you smell a cookie and all of a sudden you're back, you know, in grandma's kitchen or you hear a song on the radio and, and, and instantly you're 20 years ago and you're ending a relationship or falling in love. You know, those are anchors. They're, it's conditioned response. And so many people are conditioned the same way that New Year's resolutions equal don't stick. They just don't work. We almost laugh at it. You know, people go to work the next day. Oh, yeah, I set my New Year's resolution. Yeah, that lasted for a day. So my first piece of advice is don't set goals for the new year. What I would do is, and this is what I do personally, I enjoy the new year. I eat whatever I want. I have the holidays. I enjoy myself. And I don't say I'm going to start January 1st or even January 7th, you know, the next week. What I do is I set goals all throughout the year. I, want, I set goals in March. I set goals in August. Does that make sense? So get used to setting goals in different time frames. Pick a new time of year. That's my advice for you today. Pick a new time of year and set a new goal at a time when you normally don't set goals. And let that just be a goal you set that you want to move towards. Don't make it a New Year's resolution. Don't make it a uh, today's the day, if not now, then when, because that stuff very often wears off. And the problem is it's a little bit like a drug. You know, you, you feel great when you do it. And don't misunderstand me. Don't take drugs, kids. But, you know, like the problem with drug addiction is it feels good in the moment. And then when it wears off, you very often the, the drug addict will feel worse than they did before they started. And that begs wanting to have another hit sometimes, you know. And that's kind of how that works. And eventually, if you stayed with that, you wouldn't you know, you feel so much worse than normal without anything. So goals can, in a way, be the same. I know it's kind of coming off the rails, but goals can be the same thing where, you know, you set a goal and if you don't hit it and you don't get it, you'll end up being worse in how you feel than before you even set the goal. And you're nowhere further ahead. You haven't gotten your goal. You haven't made any progress, but now you feel more depressed or more down. So that's my advice is, change the time of year you do goals. All right. Key number two, speaking of time, is be careful about how you set goals with time involved, with dates and so forth. So how does it work? Well, many studies have shown over the years that timed goals are more achievable than untimed goals. So if I set a date and I say, this is my 30-day goal, or my goal is April 10th that I have this accomplished, those goals are more likely to be achieved. Here's my caution for you and why you need to be careful about if you do use timed goals, how you set them. There's nothing wrong with setting a time or an arbitrary date and saying, let's set a 30-day goal. I think that's a great thing to do. The problem is, is when you have something in life that is a, a milestone and you use that for your time, be very careful of that. So examples would be, you know, before my 40th birthday, when I turn 40, I want to weigh my ideal weight of 158 pounds. You know, let's say you set a goal of, of weight. Let's just use weight as an example. I think it's the easiest one. So you set a goal to weigh your ideal weight by the time you turn this age. Or the most common one is, you know, ladies and gentlemen uh, for a wedding. You know, my wedding is is May, May 15th. So my goal, actually my wedding was May 17th. <laughs> so let's use mine so I don't confuse myself. So uh, say your wedding is May 17th like mine. 
and you say, I want to, of course, fit in that tux, fit in that wedding dress. The danger of that goal, can you guess it? You'll probably hit the goal or get very close to it because you have that, you have that deadline. You have that thing you're looking forward to. You're ready for it. Uh, you, have a, you have a strong motivation, obviously. The biggest problem, though, is what happens when the wedding passes? What happens when now you turn to 40 and you're in your 40s? Well, maybe you guessed it. The problem is the motivation drops like a rock. Um, that's what, what motivational studies have shown is that motivation will increase and get higher and higher coming up to the date or the, the milestone. But once the milestone passes, the motivation drops and it crashes. And just like previously, like I talked about, it can drop so low that you'll actually be less motivated than you were before you started. And, and that's what I think happens, you know, especially for wedding dates, you know, the couple, you know, so often the new couples complain about gaining weight in the first year of marriage. I don't think it's just because they, you know, they hang around the house and they just enjoy each other and they, they cook and they eat great food. I think part of it is also the motivation to be in the best possible uh, physical state. A lot of that was about wedding pictures, which I mean, God, what a terrible reason, right? I mean, I want to have a nice wedding picture, but wouldn't it be better to have a goal of being healthy and fit and weighing your ideal weight because that's what your your partner deserves. That's what you deserve. You want to feel great. You want them to feel great. You want to be attractive to each other and sexy and, and you know, you want to live a long life and you and you want that. So why not just have that as a goal for life? And you can lose as much weight as you lose uh, and get in shape as much as you do by the wedding. And then after the wedding, you continue on that process and you continue in that upward positive trajectory. So be very, very cautious of setting goals that are timed based on milestones in life. I would avoid the milestones. It, you could use a milestone, but if you do, make sure you have another milestone. You know, there, there's the wedding, but what about after that? You know, uh, maybe you could say, hey, you know what, after the wedding, we're going to set uh, nine months after, you know, we're going to set a, a trip to go to Argentina and I want to be in the best shape of my life by, by the trip for Argentina. But the, again, what's the danger? The danger is if you use milestone goals, you have to keep setting more milestones. If you don't keep putting more milestones in the future, the it, again, it's like that drug in a way where the motivation drops and the state and the feeling goes lower than it started, and you just want to be really careful of that. So, my my uh, advice for I've been teaching and using goal setting for a long time is use it timed, but just use whatever time you want. Set a thirty day goal, set a sixty day goal, uh, and then continue. You always want to have a goal in the near future. And then a goal in the, the uh, interim, kind of middle future, and then a goal in the farther future. Okay, so that's the goal setting, uh, and that's how you do time. Cool. All right, so number one is don't be anchored to restarting. Pick a new time of year besides New Year's. Number two is goals should be timed, but be careful about using milestones. And item number three, small completions. So many of you have way too big of goals. You know, there was a big move in the 80s and 90s and even 2000s where, you know, I remember Mark Victor Hansen, the co-author, uh, uh, producer of Chicken Soup for the Soul books, um, you know, I, I used to, to speak with him quite a bit, and he would always say, you know, you want to have a big, fat, hairy, audacious goal. And I think, man, I love the idea. It's It amps people up, and it gets exciting to go, yeah, what's my big, fat, hairy, audacious goal? What's the thing that is impossible and everyone says will never happen? But I love to have one of those. You can have that goal as your future, Right. 
you want to be a rock star, you want to get your painting sold at a gallery for $20,000, you like do it. Uh, excuse me. You know, set those big goals, but that shouldn't be your day-to-day goal. You also want to have a lot of small achievable goals, okay? So the small achievable goals Things like, you know, you want to make, you know, three new sales. Uh, you want to come up with a great title for your book. Or you want, you know, something like that. Think small, okay? You don't always want to be big. So the reason for that is there's something that uh, in NLP we call the law of momentum. And if you're uh, one of my students and you've been around at all, you've heard this. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, I've never met you in person, uh, get excited. This is something I, I, I speak about fairly often. The law of momentum says this. It says that completions increase your energy, but incompletions drain your energy. So the example I use is, is if you ever lived in a place that has no automatic dishwasher and you have to wash your hand, uh, your dishes by hand, uh, a lot of you in the UK, of course, I, I know you, you're big on hand dishwashing and really like all over it. You don't have to be, you know, a poor uh, college student to be, to have no dishwasher anymore. There's plenty of people that hand wash. Point is, if you've hand washed your dishes, here's what usually happens. Your dishes go in the sink and it was a big dinner and you think, oh, this was so great, but I'm tired and it's late. You know what? I'll wash them when? Tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, but now you're busy and you got to get to work and you're running late. So you go, oh my gosh, I got to do this. But you know what? Uh, And you get a bowl for your cereal or your juice or whatever you do. And you know what? And you put them in the sink and you say, I'll wash them tonight. This goes on for about a week, you know, or maybe three, four days. The pile in the sink gets bigger and bigger. Let me ask you a question. Do you get more or less motivation to wash the dishes the bigger the pile gets? Right? The answer is always less. Uh, Because incompletions, the more you don't wash the dishes in front of you, the more your energy drains, the lower the motivation you have to, to do it in the first place. So rather than than having so you know now you imagine for your goals you have this big sink full of dishes full of unmet goals well if you have all these goals these big goals this big sink of goals you don't have a lot of motivation to get it done and you feel like you haven't accomplished much so think of it in terms of goals so let's say you said you know this week i'm gonna run every day 10 miles a day 70 miles this week but i haven't ran it all for the last 10 years well, that's not only a big goal, but it's a lot. It's a long time. You know, you're running seven or ten miles a day, and you're doing it every single day. What's the chance that you're going to run all ten miles? It might be pretty low, especially if you haven't exercised. What's the chance that you might pull a hammy and then you can't run the next day? And if you continue that, you maybe you run one day, maybe you run day two, maybe you run day three, but then you don't run day four. And you feel tired and beat up. And then day five, you run for a couple miles, but then you stop. And then day six, you don't run. Every time you don't do it, it's like putting dishes in the sink. And what happens is if you have if you have a goal of running every day for a week and you miss two, now you have two incompletions. You have two big, nasty dishes, and you'll have less motivation to do it, and you'll feel worse about yourself, honestly. But what's the truth? The truth is... You just ran five times. You ran five times a week. Like most athletes don't go running five times a week. So that should be celebrated, but instead it feels like incompletions. So what if instead you set a goal saying, and this might be crazy, but you said, I'm going to go for a walk, a a 10-minute walk 
two times this week. And you'll say, Matt, that's not enough. I don't like that. I could do way more. And look, I know you can, but I'd rather you set, you can always do more, right? If you set a goal to go for two 10-minute walks and you decide to go for 20 minutes, is that okay? Yeah. But what's the feeling? The feeling is I set a goal for a 10-minute walk and I blew it out of the water and I went twice as long. And, and then what's great is you'll feel so good about yourself. Two days later, when you go for your second walk, you're like, hey, I, I can do that. And what happens if you decide to go for a third day? Be careful. Don't set the goal. Don't make it a thing you must do. But if you go, you know what? I feel so good and I, I don't want to sit at home. I kind of want to go for a walk. So you go out for a third walk. And now what happens? Your goal was to go twice for 10 minutes, but now you went two, three times. You're actually getting completions. Everything you set out to accomplish was completed and you'll feel better about yourself. You'll feel more motivation. You'll feel more excited to do it. Completions increase energy and incompletions decrease energy. So what do you do with your goals? Set lots of small goals that you know you can achieve because it increases your energy and it'll make you more excited and more motivated to do the rest of your goals uh, and, and to accomplish more. And you'll end up uh, kind of on a spiraling upward trajectory. And that's really what we want out of goals. So if you like this episode and you like goal setting or you like my why you shouldn't set goals for the new year, uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can hear more about this stuff and feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. Really appreciate the ratings, really appreciate the reviews especially. That goes a long way uh, to help other people find out about this show. Super excited to have you. Thanks for being with me. Thank you again for bearing with me uh, through the update. I don't do a lot of those shows, but I wanted to really make sure that I got out my heart and what is happening and what you can expect out of uh, the Matt Browning Network or whatever the heck we're going to call this thing. Uh, blessed and excited. Until Friday, I have a great interview for you coming out Friday. This one is awesome. It is with a uh, with a young millennial entrepreneur that is just crushing it. Um, you're really, really going to like that. Uh, um, he is one of the youngest. I think he's the youngest in all of Austin or all of Texas running a nonprofit over $3 million or, or the um, – the chairman of the board for a nonprofit over $3 million. Uh, he's doing some great things. He's making a big impact and he's a huge voice to, uh, to millennial entrepreneurs everywhere. So that'll be coming out this Friday. Make sure you tune in for it until next week, get out there and crush it.